Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitiae. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin Amoskonish Milton. Find me on Twitter at Amoskonish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash In That Number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 217. Busy show today, two matches to go over, starting with that clean sheet against Bristol City from Wednesday night, then back home on Saturday against Cardiff City for another clean sheet. Uh, Our streak continues, 11 games without defeat now, and we've kept two good teams from scoring. Pretty perfect week, really. Um, And as we enter December... We take a look at a busy month that lays ahead and we also have to award our player and goal of the month for November. Plus, we have Tim preparing us for next week's fixture at Watford. Uh, No Moscow Mush again this week. He's he's been very, very busy lately. I think he's travelling right at the moment. So uh, fear not, he'll return soon. uh, But you'll have to make do with me and Tim again. Uh, So welcome back, Tim. How is that festive weather looking in Chicago? It's cold, dreary. Oh man, the sun goes down at like 4.15 now mm. and I just can't, it's just a, it's cold. Once you lose your hands, that's the problem. So I work in from home for the first time uh, during winter in my life and it gets so cold that, you know, when you, when you lose the feeling, I, I just can't do anything. Like I have to you know take another hot shower or wash my hands perpetually in hot water and it, it just doesn't work it's terrible well it could have been worse you could have been out at st mary's yesterday for that because i was sat there and i was bro- my my hands were okay but my my toes oh my goodness my toes i couldn't feel my feet i think it went about the 30th minute and the fog as well it was it did i mean someone said it on our discord that it looked like a horror movie uh it did it, it well it was a horror for, for cardiff i suppose but yeah it was um it was bitterly cold, um, but yeah. now it's it's gone up a bit. The temperature's gone up. Uh, sun is trying to make an appearance, but it has just been raining. So typical of British weather. <laughs> yeah, as I said, a, a pretty perfect week on the pitch for Saints. We had some bad news off it with um, several injuries, which we'll get into in a minute. But, but let's focus on those two results. Uh, Bristol City, 1-0 win. Extended that run to 10. Uh, a clean sheet at home, the first this season. Uh, a wonderful banger from Kyle Walker-Peters. And a really, really odd post-match interview, uh, Russell Martin and, and Adam Blackmore. Um, but again, we'll get into that during the match review. But uh, yeah, great win and a terrific strike, Tim. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, I didn't realize that Kyle Walker-Peters is not left-footed. It, it didn't seem like that when he, no. when he hit that shot. Yeah, curved with his left foot as well, not his uh, dominant foot. So yeah, made it even more special. Um, and yeah, Cardiff, fantastic performance against Cardiff. Very, very dominant. Uh, some fa- fantastic play fantastic passing one touch stuff brilliant good movement uh, we had another banger as well and a brace from adam armstrong uh convincing two near win uh, which could and should have been more tim yeah so what's this thing with the zero on the score line for the other team i don't know is yeah. that something that's supposed to happen i didn't realize that's a that's a thing but unbelievable i mean unbelievable play that's the domination uh, when we were reading about uh, you know, Russell Martin in some of the games where when the team clicks, the team clicks and the team clicked yesterday. And that was gorgeous, gorgeous football all around. Growing as a team now, aren't we? Yeah. And actually, I, I, I spoke to Kevin. 
he said that since I mean I, I put it I put our clean sheets down to the fact that he hasn't been here uh, and he laughed and then he said actually do you know what when we did that quiz when we lost to Middlesbrough he said he'll do the next quiz when we lose our next game and we haven't lost since so he's blaming it on that so there we go uh, Discord then if you want to join our Discord please get in touch you can just join in with everything that we talk about our discussions our predictions and you know the fantasy football and stuff it's it's all free to enter so if you really want to join us there. Get in touch and we'll get you in. Uh, Tim, we've got some news to go through, some bad news, some good news as well. So uh, we'll do that now. ITN News. This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, we'll start with uh, breaking news, actually. The FA Cup draw has just happened, what, about 10 minutes ago, Tim, I say. Um, we're a home tie against Alfreton Town, uh, National League North. I think they're fifth at the moment in that league. Or Warsaw, they're 16th in League Two at the moment. Um, most likely it's going to be Warsaw. Uh, but we've got to be happy with that, haven't we? A home tie against against one of those. And yeah, very, very happy. Well, we did play against home uh, against uh, Shrewsbury Town once and a League Two team at the time, really and, bottom of the And Grimsby, of the and Grimsby. And Grimsby. <laughs> and as we can tell, that hasn't always been successful. But well, a couple mind you, we years did ago, have, we had, we had uh, Newport and we won 8-0, didn't we? So, you know. Yeah. And then we, we have made a run recently in the League Cup all the way to the semis. So mm. it's 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 hot and cold. Well, let's find out. And it actually will help determine since I'll be over there the last week of January, the fourth rate, fourth round weekend. Uh, so we'll see uh, if uh, they get through oh. and are able to have a home game since I'm, I'm in town. So you do realize you've just jinxed that now, but that means we're going to lose. Uh, and we, uh, yeah, we, we won't be playing, but yeah, <laughs> those ties uh, for the third round will be played across the weekend of the 6th and 7th of January. Right. Some bad news. Then we've got some injuries to go for three of them, three bad ones, but the worst one we we'll start with is Don Ballard as feared. Uh, he did sustain a season-ending injury, a torn patella tendon. Ouch. What a blow. Um, Yeah, very nasty and, and very painful, I imagine. In such a crucial stage in his development. You know, he's playing his way in this red inside at the moment. Um, and he's he's doing well for uh, England under-19s as well. He's got a hat-trick on his most recent game. Um, but, yeah, an injury like that is no joke, is it? And we, we just wish him the best on, on his recovery. I suppose he has age on his side, though. Yeah, he'll hopefully be able to recover. So quick item on the patella tendon. Um, so patella is the actual is the only bone in the human body that's floating, which means it's not connected immediately to uh, another bone in some way. So the patella tendon is what is actually where the patella sits on and works around. So by having that tear his knee is now officially just his patella is just flapping around and it's just not there. So Ugh. having to, having to build that back is it, it's, you know, as much as there's a, you know, when you, when you think of a ligament injury, when you have like the, the that's basically supplying blood flow to the, to the knee into the area, this is where the patella, the actual movement comes from on it. So it's, it can it can happen uh, every now and then, but it is really tough injury. I'd rather tear tear a ligament at this point than tell, tear my patella tendon. Um, I'm I'm a little scared. Uh, I want him. I want all the best for him, and I really really wish the best as he can hopefully recover from it. And as you said, he's younger, so that'll that'll definitely help him out. Yeah, it's just nasty, really really nasty. So yeah, we all wish him wish him the best, and hopefully he has a brilliant recovery as best as it can be. Um, another one that's, that's bad is, is Ross Stewart. Um, he missed training on Tuesday uh, just before the Bristol City game. He had a setback from a muscle injury. Uh, Martin had said that this can happen when you're returning from a long-term injury. However, it's not the Achilles injury. Uh, this is a different one sustained at the end of that Huddersfield game. I mean, it was an awkward landing. Uh, and he's been sidelined until the new, until the new year, uh, most probably mid to late January. So that is a massive setback. And Tim, it, it, as I said, it's a different injury to the one that's kept him out for 10 months previous. Uh, just desperately unlucky for him. And Russell Martin has said, actually, that Stuart feels that he's let everyone down. Now, I'd like to think that there's not one of us that feels let down by him. Well, yeah, he hasn't have given, given us enough time to, to let us down. <laughs> so, you know, in, in the time in which he's been here, I understand why, because he's 
Southampton has invested in him to be able to get through the recovery timeline, finish it out, and then to be able to come back into the team and make a huge difference. And so now that he says has a different injury, uh, I could see why he would feel that way. And to me, uh, honestly, we haven't seen much impact from him anyways. I know we are hoping and uh, build and building off and looking for him to make that impact. So I have very low expectations when a guy who's coming off such a significant injury as it is, and I want the best for him and I want him to recover. But I think it's to me, it's less of a less of an issue than some, something else, just because we haven't been able to count on him recently. No. And I mean, who would have thought that we signed him in the summer? It was like we're not going to really get to see him play until the new year. But that's that's the way it is. It's, it happens. He's not let anybody down. It's just a part of football, isn't it? So, yeah, again, wish him a good recovery once more. Sulemana, another injury. Um, he went down in the first half of that Bristol City game on Wednesday. Um, confirmed that it's a hamstring injury, which will also see him sidelined into the new year. Um, Martin has said it's probably about the same timeline as, as Ross Stewart. Uh, but yeah, he, he was just making that position his own, wasn't it? It was a nailed on starter. And again, you know, it happens. It's, it's so, uh, Hamstrings are very, very common. And it's just it's just gutting for him because he was just, you know, really, really getting to be like the most one of the most important players in our side. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed on starter, the guy who could dribble literally past everyone in the league when one of the not only obviously he's really, really fast, but with the ball, he's even faster than anyone that I've probably ever seen in a Southampton kid yeah it's just the flair of him as well it's just it's so exciting yeah so to me though I guess when it comes to the lineups and our our setup you know the 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 depth especially going into the holiday season that's what's going to determine who can you know who can get out of the league and who can be successful so you know looking at our depth we've got in you know if we want to talk about the January window coming up here but a dozy seems like the natural fit to slot in Ryan Fraser can also do it or like when we did with the uh, Cardiff game we slotted in a more traditional nine and played more of a 442 uh, setup yeah we've got we've got a big squad we we're, we're 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 prepared for this right i mean we know we've got all these games coming up in december we knew injuries are going to be a part of it um, but we do have a, a big squad now, in terms of those replacements, you said a dozy, I and mean, then I expected a dozy to step in for Suleimana uh, on Saturday, but you know he decided to go with with Shea, and Stewart. I guess he's never really been in the starting eleven, so it wasn't much of a problem there. But moving forward, you know, how how do you think this will change the January, you know, winter window it plans? Because for you answer, rather, I just want to read something that that um, Russell Martin had said. He said, we've been really clear about January, what we need and what we want. We don't envisage those two getting injured, so it might change the plan a little bit. It depends on their progress and the results between now and then. People will have the chance to step up now and take the opportunities. Everyone has to be ready. So to me, I mean, I don't I mean, are you getting that he has gone to the board and said that this is what we need in January or is he just happy with what we've got in, in terms of the you know the big squad i think he is open to the idea of bringing more players in and he will say to them this is what we need to do obviously if you have two or three players that go down before the end of the, the end of the, the end of december we're going to be like all right we need somebody in here but if yeah, everybody say if adam armstrong goes <laughs> down injured now oh god like i mean we'd be we'll be lucky to get the playoffs like and just keep that going so that's then that would be our only hope. Uh, beyond that, it's, you know, let's see who and uh, just looking through the roster right now, who would be that attacking option? So you've got Ryan Fraser, Sam Amomayu, uh Well, Alcaraz is obviously who's currently still fit. Sekumara, who, while at a nine, could potentially slot in and keep playing. Well, we've seen Alcaraz playing that false nine as well. So there is a yeah. in there. Absolutely. And a dozy. So our options are available and. Once you start getting a drop off and let's just say something happens to, you know, any one of those two, you're you're looking really, really, really thin. And uh, it's not like we're going to be able to, you know, pull back any of our lone players. Uh, and even one, the only one that I could think of was was Don Ballard. And he's he's obviously out for the year. So to me, we got to be really mindful and be aware of what's going on, because, Anything that can happen will happen now, and we want to keep our run going. So I expect there to be some movement in the January window. It's just a matter of how much, and it'll be based on team need. 
yeah, and we've got a lot of games between now and that window open, <coughs> so that anything can happen there. But and if Adozi is like is going to get a start or more starts rather, it, it's it's defensively that we're going to struggle because we we can't rely on people like Adam Armstrong to be tracking back as much. Uh, we need other players to be able to put in a shift as well, and Adozi really hasn't been up to snuff lately. Um, but th- I mean, what I mean, me and, me and Kev had spoke about before. We 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 were sure that Shea was going to be cashed in, um, but I guess now. Any plans to do that? That's been scuppered. We've got to keep hold of Shea Adams now. Yes, that's that, he's going to stay. He, he, I don't see anybody on our team leaving uh, this January window. I think we did en- the board realized that we did enough and got a, got enough money and players out, and they're realizing that the fight is there. We need to dig our heels in and attack. Whether and that's and that's grabbing people with, to fill any need that we might need. Uh, for example, a really good example, last year, Sunderland brought in Ahmad Diallo, and he absolutely just completely lit up, you know, lit up the league, and he's still available. It's something to consider. I, you know, I'm just going to start talking hypotheticals. If we drop, say, a dozy goes down and Spilamana's recovery isn't there, you know, we want, if we want that attacking flare, somebody like that, we can slot in who's off a top tier team and, a player that's not playing. It's almost as if we shouldn't have let uh, Nathan Teller go, but hey, here we are. Okay, I want to talk about December uh, and the fixtures that we've got. We've got six more games, and we've already played one, so seven games in total in December. So let's 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 forget that that Cardiff one and the remaining games. So we have got Watford away starting next Saturday, Saturday the ninth, um, and then on the Wednesday, the midweek game, Wednesday the thirteenth, got Coventry away. Uh, two tricky away games there. And then we host uh, Blackburn at home on, uh, on the 16th. Uh, and then on the 23rd, we're away to QPR. Boxing Day at home to Swansea. And then we end out the year at home to Plymouth. Now, <laughs> I've been putting some predictions in on these games just based on current form. Of course, anything can happen. We don't know. And this is the championship as well. And I think on current form, we can take another big haul here. And now if we take care of business at home, as I say, we've got some tricky tricky games it could be harder i mean you look at you've got qpr swansea and plymouth who are fighting near the bottom and you've got coventry and watford mid-table uh blackburn game is potentially you know the most difficult um but they, they lost the weekend you know but we're at home and i think at our best we can take them we can take anybody at our best so this might be slightly exaggerating but i think we can have maybe 14 uh at our best so there's a total of 18 points left to play for in 2023 so i'm going to say 14 Tim, what have you got? Ooh, great question here. So uh, I'm going to go with, so let's let's walk through it. Watford, and actually even before that, taking a look at the overall table. So when you look at the table uh, from 7th, Blackburn, being in 28 points, to Swansea in 18th at 21 points. So to me, you have such only seven points difference between such a – wealth of teams that's a that's 11 teams there that's the, over the majority well it's just about the majority of the league but to me what's scary is is that or what what i think about it is they're all fairly similar profiles we're not playing anybody in the top six we're not playing leicester we're not playing Ipswich. switch not playing Leeds. so they're all going to be tough but they're not it's not like we're playing sheffield wednesday or rotherham mm. at the bot who are at the bottom so Yes, you should feel that if we've been able to accomplish and go to 11 in a row, we should be able to get in and go through and take care of these teams. So to me, you know, what's the expectation? Well, we're not going to be able to win them all. So that's just you just can't win you know, six games here. I don't expect to be 17 games unbeaten. Um, I expect to lose one. And then, like you said, there's a potential to drop another. So South Blackburn is looking really good right now, but they could be beat. Um, Watford away just coming up here. Uh, I mean, they've been on a roll. They just recently beat, uh, you know, they just recently won uh, this past week. And yeah, QPR Wesley was, Hoot with a one to go as well. Yeah, and QPR, who's with Sequentes, uh, been absolutely fantastic as a new manager and came in and solidified and beat Preston uh, recently. So to me... Nothing is sacred, but we need to be able to take to these teams. I think uh, we will. Where you say we're going to get 14, um, I'm taking away. So I'm going to say thir- uh, I'm going to say around 12 or 13, um, probably 13 points. 
and that'll be a good month looking at it like that it will yeah. be a good month it's going to be tough yeah um but yeah november's over with um but we have to award the uh player and goal of the month for november so we'll start what should we start we'll start with the player yeah the, the joys of having an undefeated month means you have your pick of whomever really and lots of standout performers but we decided to go with uh, the four options are Kyle Walker-Peters, Flynn Downs, Adam Armstrong, and Ryan Fraser. Tim, who did you vote for? It is Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, I think he is the stalwart. I think he's the top three player in the championship, and I think he's been absolutely fantastic. And while you did not mention him, I do want to mention t- uh, Taylor Harwood-Bellis as mm. also an option who would be that – I think he would be in that fifth slot, and I think he's been utterly fantastic. And Stuart Armstrong as well. He's been great. Um, he was another one that we had to we had to leave out. But – um. Yeah, um, Flynn Downs takes the majority. He actually got 50% of the votes on Twitter, which was quite remarkable, given that, you know, Fraser played mere cameos, but made such an impact. And Kyle Walker-Peters, as you mentioned, cemented his ranking as the best right back in the league uh, and ended November with that that winner against Bristol. But I think Flynn Downs has just been brilliant lately, and I'm not complaining. You know, another top-notch performance against Cardiff also. Um, so, yeah, he's already in the running for December. But, uh, yeah, Flynn Downs wins Player of the Month for November. Uh, and the yeah. goal, <laughs> despite a great month, Tim, only five goals scored, and not all of them were classics because we had that small bone one, which just crept over the line, and, and a couple of tap-ins from Adam Armstrong. Uh, but we did see, you know, the late heroics from Ryan Fraser at Millwall. And, of course, Wednesday's wonder strike from Kyle Walker-Peters. So our candidates were uh, Ryan Fraser goal against Millwall, the Adam Armstrong against West Brom, the Adam Armstrong against Huddersfield, and, of course, Kyle Walker-Peters against Bristol. Who did you go with this time, Tim? I went with Brian Fraser, and I know a lot of people are going to go with the KWP strike, but that 90-plus-3 winner against Millwall away, seeing all those fans there, seeing the build-up, just the – I, I mean, just going from it, that that's set the foundation for uh, for this November, for all of November and being successful and doing well. So to me, I liked him and what he did. And I love that goal uh, as much as that, you know, appreciate the quality of the goal and the KWP goal is the best quality overall. Uh, Fraser takes it for the timing. Uh, OK, well, across all our polls that we had on all across our, our social, Adam Armstrong against Huddersfield didn't pick up any percentage which is harsh. You would have thought one person would have said, you know, oh, he's, 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 he's low down, let's give it to him. But no, he didn't get anything. Um, it is no surprise that Kyle Walker-Peters takes it with his wonder strike. Um, there are a few that wanted Fraser, like you. Um, James Beattie, probably one of them. Uh, but yeah, Kyle Walker-Peters, <laughs> uh, brilliant goal, uh, deserves it. And he got my vote as well. So yeah, as much as, as we all enjoyed the Fraser moment, I think the goal was, was a better one uh, for Kyle Walker-Peters. So there we are. Flynn Downs player, Kyle Walker-Peters goal. Continuing on with the news then, the under-21s, they played Valencia on Tuesday night in the Premier League International Cup. Uh, a 2-0 defeat. Uh, Cameron Bragg was sent off late with two yellow cards as well. Uh, and the next match is Monday, the 4th of December in the Premier League 2 um, against Everton away. Uh, the women, they've had their FA Cup third round draw also. Uh, and we travel the long distance to face Portsmouth at Wesley Park on Sunday, the 10th. That's a two o'clock kickoff. And I wonder if they're going to mix the fans for this one. Probably not. That is actually their next game because they are all on their internationals at the moment. Uh, And the under-18s, their next match is Chelsea away on Tuesday, the 19th of December. Um, Okay, then. So let's go into Bristol then. Bristol City from Wednesday. A 1-0 under the lights on Wednesday night. That wonder goal uh, from the left boot of Kyle Walker-Peters early in the second half. The first home clean, of the, home clean sheet of the season and the first since March with that 1-0 win over Leicester. Uh, ten, went 10 games undefeated, went up to fourth. Uh, Liam Manning uh, was undefeated as manager since taking over from uh, Nigel Pearson. So, yeah, just a, a very good outcome all round, Tim. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Uh, I mean, it was the previous game in the world that I've ever seen. Absolutely And not, that's no. a... And that's okay because you you still won, so mm-hmm. you can win. Winning ugly is still winning. Uh, so I will take it, run with it, own it, and say you know they they've had some chances and they didn't they didn't capitalize on them. Uh, we gave them the opportunity to get back into it pretty well, but 
uh, doesn't matter. We still won. We escaped through. And, uh, geez, I mean, we taken taken a look at it all. There's obviously some few good opportunities from Alcaraz there. He had some good dri- dribble drives. I thought that Narek played pretty well. I thought that Zunu mm-hmm. played, played pretty well and had a ton of good saves in one of his best games. And so, yep. uh, all in all, take it, run with it and say, all right, on to the next one. And a clean sheet as well, which is uh, really, really important. Um, we, changes. We, we were expected to make a lot of changes. Uh, Martin announced that was going to be happening in the uh, in the build up to this game. But only three were made from that Huddersfield draw. And I did expect Rush Stewart to be among those. But that injury, of course, sidelined him, sidelined him. Uh, Manning was back in for Bree. Um, Alcaraz and uh, Shea Charles also made the start. Uh, Smallbone and, and Fraser out. Um, but yeah, like you said, Tim, not the best of games, to be honest. I mean, the first 15, 20 minutes, I barely remember anything. Just, you know, a bit of dodgy refereeing decisions. I mean, Kyle Walker-Peters and Adam Armstrong picked up early yellows. But the atmosphere was dead. It, I, I just kind of daydreamed through it. Um, it. It was probably the worst game of the season in terms of atmosphere. It just Everyone just seemed tired, really, and not, not really up for it. But, I mean, Bristol, they, I, I'd say they, they did have the better of the first half. For sure. I mean, it, it was a possession based game and it, it was not a lot of progression, which is kind of why I daydreamed through it, really. But, you know, the big chances that were made, they failed to City um, and there was an open header from a corner, which was a warning. And the, the chances kind of came in quick succession because you mentioned Gavin Bazunu and he was at his best, wasn't he? He, he was fa- that fantastic save from Mark Sykes, uh, that header um, just clawed it back off the line. It was right up there with one of the best of the season. And, and, and Tim, we've questioned his positioning, all of us. But right there, he made up that ground pretty impressively and he made a great save. Absolutely. So he did what he needed to do. And, uh, you know, saves a save. Even if it didn't look pretty, I think he was out of position. But uh, when you come with athleticism and expect to be a Premier League or championship level goalkeeper, you got to be able to make up for your mistakes and, uh, you know, just come, come through and come through with the save. It seems to me that he's making the saves that he shouldn't and letting in the ones that he should save. Partly. Yeah, that's the sign of a keeper who is, has room to grow. And so if he's able to make up the ones that uh, that he should be saving, but still going and continuing on with the ones that he sh- uh, that he shouldn't, uh, that's what that's the expectation. And that's what the hope and that's why they've signed him from City a couple of years ago to to, you know, to be our be our starting keeper. Yeah, and the, the second chance that I want to talk about was when he rushed off his line to deny Tommy Conway in a one-on-one. Right there, that could have been 2-0 uh, going into the second half. Uh, but we were able to regroup because of his excellent goalkeeping. And and another thing that we've criticised him was his decision-making. But he was bang on there because he made his mind up early, very decisive, and, and that was the difference. So some people I at least have heard and talked about was the initial touch taken from the Bristol City guy. I forget his uh, I forget his name. Conway. Um, the Conway, thank you. So what really happened, and being a keeper myself, when Bazunu took the step out, he, Conway was not necessarily ready for Bazunu to be that far out. He was ready to, you know, take and go through and take a, you know, and take a take a shot into the far corner or to the inside quarter, whatever it might have been. Bazunu took the aggressive stance, getting to that point, and then he's like, "Uh oh, what do I do here?" And he uh, he basically um, he 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 panicked. And he tried to dribble around him thinking that he could, but Bazunu's got some really, really fucking long arms and he just went through and just stuck his, you know, he was able to dive through and his, his dive radius is fantastic. Let's not, let's be wrong. Let's be great. Uh, let's be give Bazunu props to that. He can, he can dive left to the right of the best of the best of them. Uh, but when he's able to go through, get a big paw on it, went, you know, went and attacked, uh, it was great. And, uh, it w- it looked so good because of positioning as well. He made it look that good. It made it look that good. So that's probably one of, if not Bazunu's best plays that I've seen up until uh, actually the Cardiff uh, unique one that that happened. No. Up. We can we can talk yes. about we can talk about. It. Yeah, that's kind of split that one, but we will get to that in the Cardiff one. But yeah, um, we had the the Sulemano injury and 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 Shea Adams come on and replace him. I thought maybe Fraser would have come on there, but no, he decided to go with um with Shea Adams. And again, he's getting a little bit of criticism for being a little bit lazy, um, not his best performance. But then again, the whole team weren't at their best. It was a bit of a bit of a shitty game, that one, wasn't it? But yeah. And it, it was a kind of reversal of fortunes of late because 
we, we've been getting a goal and we've been sitting back and the second half is usually uncomfortable. Uh, but this time it was kind of the opposite because we, we took the time to get into the game. Uh, and once we did, uh, the second half was better, M- much improvement in the second half, actually. And I think um, uh, Russell Martin alluded to that in his um, interview. But yeah, it was it started off so well. And it, it does breed a little bit of confidence when you get a wonder strike like that from Kyle Walker-Peters and just settles you on the 47th minute. Um, yeah, talk us through that bit of magic, Tim, with his left foot. So he just basically conjured up some type of a magic potion that allowed him <laughs> to be in the right position, drop the ball down, move it to the outside, and that potion applied to his opposite foot, dinked it right around the uh, the right side of the keeper with his left foot into the into the goal. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, the biggest thing was, and actually I was really surprised, is that Kyle Walker-Peters was that far back. We've seen him push up and be progressive so far forward on that right side. I thought it was originally going to be him taking that ball and then passing it back. But no, he was dropped back farther than expected. And, you know, he, he's two-footed enough to be able to make that play. Uh, so it wasn't the first left-footed goal that we've seen from him before. And so we know that he can take that shot. So, But right outside of the 18, he he just had that great first touch that didn't look necessarily the good, the best. But it fell the right way, and it had a little bit of a bounce. He timed it perfectly on the shot with the with basically the the main part of the, with with the main top part of the foot, just enough a little bit of a curl and pinpoint accuracy. Completely, you know, beautiful goal. I think any Bristol City fan would have been like, well, can't do much about that one because they really couldn't. Uh, exceptional, and I mean that XG had to be probably like .08 or something stupid on it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would. But, um, yeah, I think they would have been a little bit annoyed. I mean, because they, they were good defensively, Bristol, but they just didn't close him down. I mean, as soon as he had a little bit of time and a little bit of space, he just he decided to have a crack. And and I think they um they did better after that, Bristol, because I think um Alcaraz had a good shot. But it just felt felt him in front of goal. Um, again, I, I, he kind of took too much time, and, and and City were allowed to close him down a little bit easy, which was uh, probably why he missed the target on that. But Russell Martin said that we should have scored more. Um, but he said we were excellent, uh, and he, he brought on Smallbone and Arebo to see the see the game out, which was you know his clear strategy there. And for all the talk about changes in midweek management, he only used three subs, and one of those was forced because of the Sulemana injury. So I was a little bit surprised with that, bearing in mind we were going up, to, uh, we were playing Cardiff a few days later. So yeah, did that surprise you a little bit? That he didn't use those subs. Yeah, to me, I think overall the the game was. It could have, I mean, if Bristol City had a magical shot, which easily could have happened at some point, uh, I mean, you'd be looking at 1-1 and you'd be chasing, and you're, you're going to be trying to chase the lead. So with Adams coming on, uh, I mean, he basically made the changes to do like for like replacements and, you know, trying to hold that 1-0 lead. I mean, good. Uh, I was it, surprised. It, it worked. <laughs> yes, it worked ultimately. So I am. You know, like I am pleasantly surprised that you know Alcaraz didn't get uh, didn't get subbed off. He played a full 90, which is very very rare. Um, I saw we saw Shea Charles come off. We saw uh, yeah Stuart Armstrong come off, which is uh, which is no which is you know typical and normal. And then we saw that Manny for Bree sub, uh, which I think was a was the right choice because that was what ultimately solidified it. Since Manning tends to progress and push forward, we needed a more still uh, uh, to solidify the back even more with Bree, even though it's his opposite foot, he tends to be on the heat map uh, farther back. And I think that is what is the key difference there. Yeah. I, I, making the substitution for defensive purposes, no problem with that. Um, like for like, uh, just because for the sake of it, I don't agree with, but this one, maybe not so much. Um, yeah. Fourth in the table, played 18, won 10, drawn four, lost four on 34 points at this point. Uh, that was 66% possession, 14 shots to their eight, five on target. They only had one shot on target, uh, which I didn't realise. Um, and XG, ours was 0.7, and Bristol actually had 0.8. So um, just slightly better on the XG. Um, but overall, yeah, got to be happy with a clean sheet and three points. Now, <laughs> Tim, his interview. Did you hear his interview of Adam Blackmore? Have you checked this out? I've checked it out, but I think going word for word is even better than me summarising it. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go word for it. I just want to summarise really and say it was very, very strange. He just seemed very touchy and annoyed and 
<laughs> the bit that I liked is when he said, when they asked if you, you know, if you're happy, and he said, yeah, I was before I started this interview. He just seemed agitated and it, just a tired response, and, and took it out on Adam Blackmore. Um, if you haven't heard it, yeah, go and find it. I'm sure you can you can access it on BBC Sounds or anything. But yeah, it was um, yeah, just a strange one, I thought. But um, yeah. So I'm th- when I when I when I listened to it and was thinking about it. So a lot of the games and in reading from Swansea fans with Russell uh, for on Russell Martin, the majority of the games, the teams are they're actually going to feel frustrated because to to me this could have bounced the wrong way and we could have easily drew and. Then our then we would absolutely be frustrated with it. So I think Blackmore seeing that we're not living up to what the potential is, uh, unlike the Cardiff game, uh, which is we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, to me, you know, he's frustrated because when you see about it, you hold possession, you do all these things, but there wasn't necessarily that you had to take you had to take a you know a not point one shot to get to score and win the game where Blackmore saying, you know, we're, we're doing all these things. Why aren't we capitalizing? And Martin's probably just sitting there and saying, this is the game we won. Shut the fuck up. And yeah, without actually I, saying it, I don't know. I, I don't think Adam, Adam Blackmore was going to, was, was getting to that. I think he was praising him, but I think maybe Adam Blackmore just interpreted the wrong way and just thought he was, maybe he was ready to, to just be defensive again about his side. And it just kind of, yeah, it just we just got caught in it. It was just I just thought it was strange, but yeah, yeah. Uh, man of the match, and I, I I know that Kyle Walker Peters got praise at the game, um, but I'm going to give it to Gavin Bazunu just because we could have been two down at halftime um, if it wasn't for him. Um, so I just think it was a clear choice. Um, yeah, he was. I thought he was excellent when he needed to be. Um, how about you? He was the biggest difference maker overall in that game. He did everything he possibly. Well, could, I mean, right? Kyle Walker Peters was the biggest difference maker because he scored the goal. I, I recognize that, but without Bazunu, it's you know you take the negative take the negative aspect is if he wasn't there, he made the wrong move. We could have been down one one, you know we could have it could have been one one or two one. So I think that Bazunu's difference even more so than the Walker Peters uh, was there, and he is the, he is the man of the match for me. I think so. I think the only reason that he wasn't was because he didn't have a lot to do. But when he was called upon, he he did he did it, and it was because of him that I think we got those three points. But yeah. On to Cardiff then, Tim, from, from Saturday. As good as it gets from from playing perspective, really, because, well, we couldn't have asked more, except more goals. <laughs> the, the, we, we did deserve more, but uh, defensively, we were great. And, yeah, we carved out a lot of chances. I mean, Ryan Fraser had countless shots late on, but it just wasn't happening, wasn't to be. Um, but it was dominant. Um, three more points, consecutive clean sheets at home. You wait all season and two come along at once. Um, and the unbeaten run stretches to 11 now. Everyone's happy, right? Apart from Cardiff, man. I mean, you can't, you got to be riding high uh, after that game. When it looked like and was pure, just about pure domination, uh, a, a clean sheet at home and the what we expect from Russell Martin's possession leading to domination. Because I didn't feel like there was, you know, there was maybe, like I said, one or two chances where they could have capitalized and it would have been, Really, really, uh, you know, really, really lucky for them to get in. Uh, to me, I, it was just, it was just a beautiful game to watch. I loved every second of it. Absolutely was, yeah, and some great passing play, as I say. Um, starters then, and only one change from Wednesday's win against Bristol, and Shay Adams in for Sulemana. Uh, Smallbone left out altogether because of an injury. Um, he was out of the island squad, remember, but uh, wasn't quite fit enough for Bristol City. But he, he come on. Uh, misses out against Cardiff. Uh, he's expected to return next week, though, so there's no panic. Um, Shea Charles kept his uh, kept his place. Manning also kept his place, um, and he played excellent as well. Manning, a lot of lot of praise for Ryan Manning on this performance. With all the injuries, you know, we we did see Sam Amayor and, and Tyler Diblin make the bench. It would have been great to see them, you know, involved in some capacity. But given the state of the game, personally, Tim, I was happy with the team selection, and I was happy for Shea to, to have a go from the off and. I, I thought this was as strong as as we could have hoped for, really. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. I mean, if you, I think you could have probably argued that if Smallbone was in there instead of Charles, you could have had a little bit more of an attacking lineup, and you could have said that, you know, I felt that Bree would have been better for than Manning, who Manning, this was Manning's top, one of his top games, if not his best game overall. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, just looking through all of it, uh, I mean. I, I like Ad, I, I like Adams and Armstrong being up there because I think Adams provides that little extra 
aggressiveness where Suleimana can, you know, while he can dribble past anybody, he, you know, a, you know, a slight breeze and he'll get blown over there. Mm, sure, and, yeah. and between Suleimana, Alcaraz and Adam Armstrong, I mean, I don't think what is Alcaraz like what five nine, five ten, if yeah. that. Whereas Suleimana and Armstrong are both in the five seven range, and that's probably that's probably giving them a little extra an inch or two. So with our Adams up there, really fighting the fight, playing that nine, uh, I think he, I think it's a it's a good change up, even from what we currently had, and it's what's necessary to fight people like Mark McGinnis, who is just an absolute beast back there. Yeah, that's probably it as well, isn't it? You, you got more height and strength up there with with um with Shay. And yeah, it also leaves allows Adam Armstrong to be a little bit more roaming. I know he does this anyway, but I feel if you've got Shay Adams up there, who's a natural forward, it gives uh, Adam Armstrong a little bit more movement anywhere that he wants to go. Um, but yeah, a very very bright start, Tim. Some beautiful passages of play. Wonderful one-touch pass into cut open Cardiff for their, their back line. And one thing I did notice was that we did try to mix it up slightly and had some long passes. I, mean, I think we saw Bednarik one over the top, which um, which led to the goal, I believe. So, yeah, we, we, we were trying something different. And it was uh, it was not passing for passing's sake. It was passing with with a purpose, which was which was really pleasing to watch. Yeah. So I think that they found the angles between Slopus and Wintel being a little bit farther up the pitch and maybe not necessarily knowing how to play with that midfield three of Armstrong, Downs and Charles. And I know going into the second half, this made a huge difference. People called me out and thought I was dumb uh, for a couple of the guys that I talked to. But look, we need to talk about the fog and how the <laughs> fog, when you play balls over the top, even though the ball is yellow, what ends up happening is a defender or a keeper, you you might have a quarter step or a half second, you know, a quarter step or a half step being off or a quarter second, half sec, sec, second delayed reaction. And you can take care of those chances. And I, we saw that multiple times by putting the balls over the top that I felt people were out of play. Uh, people were, were out of it and necessarily didn't know how to react as the ball came in. Yeah, that's probably a strategy then. And, and it, it's not like we're, you know, we're, you know, we're hitting it from Manning and the, our third of the pitch all the way to Adam Armstrong in the, in the, you know, the opposite corner. We're playing, you know, probably halfway cross field uh, where we can, you know, we can see it, take the, pos- you know, take the easy possession, even though if say, or Manny was there on the uh, basically on the uh, the out on the touchline. Uh, we were able to flip the play, make it work, and just really really look good throughout it, as we saw for that first uh, uh, Adam Armstrong goal, where Bednar flipped it to Manny uh, in from midfield to cross crossfield. Yeah, and let's talk about that one actually, because yeah, it wasn't didn't take long, did it? Eleven minutes, um, absolutely brilliant hit again. No backlift at all. He just curled it into the top left corner on the edge of the box. But yeah, some wonderful passing in the build-up play, and that's um, that was Adam Armstrong's 11th of the season. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So if you take a look back uh, on the Instagram and the Twitter for Southampton, uh, they've got it listed as a team goal because I think there was something in the range of like close to 20 passes that led to it, and you know with that beautiful, beautiful finish, opposite foot. What was crazy about it is. He took the pass from like what, maybe like five feet, and he kind of didn't know what to do with it at that point. But once he took the pass, he put it, you know, he stopped it with his right foot. The ball dropped right there for his left foot, and he was in the right position. He's just like, fuck it, I'm putting it in the top corner, and he did it. And it was just, you know, you, you don't see that too often from a from basically a negative start, a no run up. He just curled it into that, as you as you said, and you probably had a really good angle from where you sit. sit to no, see it other, just other end of the pitch, but yeah, it was um, <laughs> I, from what I saw, from where how far away I was, it looked. I thought he was too far out. I thought he's not taking it on. Okay. And then it, you see the net ripple, and it was like, oh my goodness, we've got another uh, goal of the month contender on the first bloody game of the month. So, yeah, excellent. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was beautiful. We from the from the TV view, you're like, this guy doesn't have any sort of angle. But because it was such a quick shot that the center back and I believe it was McGinnis there who tried to cross over, he was too far to the right because they thought that uh, Adam Armstrong was just going to take it, try to go to the end line and cross it back in. But because of the pass was a little bit too was a little bit too heavy. 
Armstrong had to make the touch with what he did. And then he fought, saw that angle and he's like, screw it, go for it. I'm going to take the hit. And, uh, you know, Runnerson couldn't, couldn't, Runnerson couldn't really do anything about it. He was in the right position too, to take it. And I mean, it's just a beautiful, it was just a beautiful goal. Excellent. Yeah. And, and it was doubled uh, four minutes later. You go 2 up and you're in for a dominant easy afternoon, right? And <laughs> once again, we had some great build up play with, with, with Stu and Charlie, who, who, who took a whack uh, in that build up. Um, and Stu gets across, it's deflected. And, and who's there? Adam Armstrong, second of the day and 12th of the season. Just a nice little thank you very much. It was a beautiful team goal from a, from the triangles play between Stuart Armstrong and, and Alcaraz. Yeah, he took a whack for his troubles, yeah. It was, it was more than a whack. He got completely taken out there. And so Ref obviously called, uh, uh, he on, called yeah. advantage. Yeah, he called advantage in the right way. Armstrong had a beautiful uh, opportunity to go straight to the touchline. Uh, you know, Gutes came out and pushed him even more. Then we got the lucky bounce as the cross came in. And like you said, Armstrong was right there. And I was like, okay, great. This is awesome. And then I thought, wait, it's 2-0. 2-0 is the worst lead that you can possibly have. Something's going to mm-hmm. happen. They're going to take one back. You guys are going to get maybe – we'll maybe we'll win 2-1, and you guys will get a perfect prediction. Uh and uh, I was just kind of scared because I was like, we look so good. Now we're going to, you know, just sit back and do nothing the rest of the game. Uh, that fortunately that didn't happen, but we were, you know, we were lacked the clinical finishing at the end. And then, you know, he had the left foot and then he had the header. So all he needed was his primary foot to get a perfect hat trick. And mm-hmm. sitting there thinking the entire, for, I was like, it's two thirds of the game remaining. You have a chance to get a perfect hat trick here. You need to do it. And it didn't happen. No. No, he did have a chance for a hat trick, but it was a header. Wouldn't have been a perfect one, but yeah, still. Um, Gavin Pizzunu, Tim, a brilliant performance against Bristol City, as we've just said. Man of the match from both of us. Uh, clean sheet here again. Uh, and another brilliant bit of decisive uh, decision making. Uh, come out to play the ball with his head uh, and collided with um, Miete. Uh, got the ball. <laughs> Very decisive, as I say, and got it right. I think he got it right. I, well, I mean, I was right in front of that, and I saw that, and I thought, brilliant. I mean, he, he's entitled to go for it. And it just so happened that he cleaned his clock at the same time. But, I, I you know, he, he won the ball. He got there first, and I think he got it right. Uh, it was only it, afterwards that I heard that people have said, well, it was, you know, it was a bit careless, a bit reckless. He got the player. but it, I mean, he got the ball, sure, but he got a lot of the player. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's the thing about, Uh, You know, one player is running one direction and the other player is running the other direction. He was there a half second earlier, was able to make the play. Uh, Header was perfect. And I don't think it was I think it was it Robinson that was uh, was up top or was it um, or was it me? Oh, no, you said it was me. And to me, I mean, he was a half second there earlier, was able to. And I don't think me had you know, the proper touch there. Like he he was the ball was, you know, just that just about head height. He was able to make the play, and yeah, he did clean clock him. He went, he wasn't going directly at Miete. He did go. Of he wasn't. Over. No, he, he, he went for the ball. His eyes were on the ball, and he got the ball. Well, yeah, but his follow through. Yeah, that's going to happen, he, isn't it? He went like he he skimmed to the right because you saw Miete spin there. It's not like he went straight into him like, oh, I'm being aggressive as a keeper. I was like, that is the most ballsy play that I've seen, even more so than the than the uh, the big hand uh, in the Bristol City game, because he was so far out and it could have ended up being so bad. But it was perfect timing and the ref was correct to be able to call it. If he called it the other way, I would have been so pissed and it could have been it could end up being so bad. And and we could have had to sub in lovely at that point. Yeah. But I mean, what is he what do you want him to do there? Do you want him to sit back and let him have a one-on-one? Of course you don't. You want your keeper to be decisive and make a decision like that. And he got the ball. So, yeah, um, yeah I thought it was brilliant. And, you know, so did the fans. It was great. Cardiff did kind of settle the wobble a bit, and, and they did t- start to cause problems. I think people have forgot that. I mean, it was a dominant display from Saints, but they, they did have a free kick in range, and perhaps their best chance should have been scored because um, I think it was, it was Perry NG, wasn't it? He whips and across and... Takes a little bit of a deflection and it falls to Carlin Grant, who's unmarked at the back post and he sends it into the stands. And 
had that gone in, then, you know, the halftime chats from both teams would have been drastically different. Yeah. And good thing that there's a reason he's a he's a bottom of the championship tier, uh, uh, <laughs> bottom of the championship tier uh, the striker there. Uh, we we did get lucky. And I mean, there uh, the, that's the difference between the Premier League and the championship is you have a much better chance of these teams not doing not doing and, and being able to finish their uh, finish their shots, just like it happens for us as well. Uh, yeah, so that, me, and Adam Armstrong they, last season would have missed that. <laughs> this season, it would have been in the top corner. <laughs> yeah, and co- confidence is a you know confidence is amazing. Uh, I mean, Grant hasn't had a very good season so overall. When taking a look and doing the write up, Callum Robinson wasn't doing very well. I mean, only their you know only their only McGinnis and NG are really the the players that have stood out to me. And um, yeah, take it, run with it, and wish the you know and say all right, two zero going into halftime. You know, how are we gonna fuck this up? <laughs> we didn't we didn't fuck it up, and we did have a third actually. Um, Shay Adams. Uh, put one in the back of the net, but it was short-lived for offside. Yes, it was the right decision, but I want to talk about that cross from Adam Armstrong because that was brilliant. I mean, he did everything right there, uh, and that's the reason that he leads the team in both goals and assists there, Adam Armstrong. But yeah, just, just a little bit unlucky there, Shay Adams. That's, he, he really needed that goal. Yeah, he did, but I mean, yeah, we're up 2-0, and uh, he, he made that finish. The, the Saints play announcer said, you know, that's good for the confidence, even though he was offsides, he can, he just going to do it all over again. And of course he didn't. And there was a chance that he had where he, he basically tripped over his own feet um, mm-hmm. later on, which, which was, which was unfortunate on your side. If you, if you yeah. I don't know if you were able to catch that. Yeah. Armstrong, Armstrong didn't, it wasn't his only cross too. He had probably no. four or five of them that were just absolutely beautiful in the second yeah, half. Yeah, Absolutely brilliant. You can't ask any more from him. He's doing everything right. Um, but it was important that we still tried to create chances and, and we didn't sit back on the lead because we've seen it so many times this season um, and something that it has dogged us this season. But we had plenty of chances. We still kept going, which was great. And we and we made three changes late on uh, for Aribo, Fraser and Mara. And they all made impacts. Uh, Aribo hit the post. Uh, Fraser had a heap of chances in the 10 minutes that he was on. And that was the another cross from Adam Armstrong, if you remember. He just couldn't quite reach. And then he had another straight afterwards when he hit the side netting. So it was just the chances did keep coming. And, and I feel like this game, it deserved to be a 3 or 4-0 win. But the fact that it was only two, you are still going to get those fans that are saying that we are still struggling to score goals. And we do need to put these teams to bed because we haven't done that enough. But it, it was as comfortable as we can make it, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the deficiency. We should be finishing. If we want to be that top one, top two in the championship, we're finishing those shots and getting our goal difference back up to, you know, because it's only plus four right now compared to the ridiculous plus 14 to 20 or whatever it is at the top. I don't remember. Mm. Um so to me, we need to be we need to be a little bit better. We need to be more clinical because there are going to be games just like the uh, Bristol City game where we have to take a you know a point one xg shot to win it. We need multiple of them for the chances to beat the teams at the top, and we need them. So we're going to have bad games against Watford or QPR or Plymouth coming up in the rest of December that is going to separate us from those points that we need to get to the top two places. Yeah, I think it will come. It will, well, I'm hoping it will come. But yeah, um, it was a great performance. Just des- deserved more than the two, um, but we shouldn't complain. Uh, gladly take the three points. Um, and <laughs> did you see Russell Martin at the end of the game winding up the uh, the Cardiff fans with the uh, four in a row? Uh, yes, and I did because he has fucked up Swansea so much. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not Swansea. Excuse me. He fucked up Cardiff, Cardiff so yeah. much because he the the Saints play announcer said that obviously Swansea beat them and did the double over them for the first time in 100 years. Did Russell Martin uh, or that Swansea beat uh, beat Cardiff? That's ridiculous. The first time in a hundred years yeah. that they've been able to do that. Oh my God! I never even thought about like and it happened to be I Russell Martin that did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Russell Martin was there, and so basically he he owns them. Like he just that's, <laughs> he's he is that he is their dad. He he will take them. He, he will take them to school. It's, uh, it's, it's great. It is great. But uh, you've just got to hope that we go and beat Cardiff away now because he's going to be uh, in for some, some more. But he did. I did have a quote from him, actually. He said, uh, 
they had they had theirs over the 90 minutes so i enjoyed mine for 10 seconds at the end uh, i'm sure there will be people who, dis- who disagree uh, but i chose uh, to feel everything and enjoy that if you want to hammer me for 90 minutes then i'm allowed maybe 10 seconds at the end that is brilliant i love it it's, it's great to hear from your manager. He, that is class. That, I mean, that is I mean, by class. I mean, uh, yes, it's yeah. not necessarily classy. <laughs> not class. But yeah. he, the timing is perfect because when you have a joke or whatever, obviously you could have a good joke, but the timing of it. In this case, he built out for 90 straight minutes in this game, and then in the previous games that he's won for three, you know, for the pre, he's pro, he's beat them the last uh, he's the last three games in a row with Swansea. Yeah. It's his to own. He goes up and he doesn't have to be smug because the, the scoreboard allows him to do that. He should just be able to point to the scoreboard, put up number four, and then, you know, rile him up and walk away with a, you know, walk away looking with his head head high. And what are the Cardiff fans going to do? They can't do anything about that. No. They're just going to piss and moan. Just better hope we go and win at Cardiff now. That's all I can say. But, yeah, uh, he said at the end of the game as well, I'm really happy. I thought we were good today. We started the game so well. At halftime, I went in a I went in a bit crazy with the guys because the, the last stage of the first half wasn't quite there. The energy dipped. We gave Cardiff a moment and shouldn't have. I told them they're going at halftime thinking there was a chance for them. Uh, we should score more goals. That was the only frustration. I thought the lads were incredible in the second half. Yep, I see his point. Completely agree with him. Um, yeah, and it's great to have a manager that, that does that. You don't often get managers that go over to um, the opposing fans and do that, except maybe... Jose Mourinho, but yeah, it's good. I like, I like it, and we're all happy with, with uh, Russell Martin for that. Um, but yeah, 63% possession, 18 shots to their 10, six on target to their two, um, and our massive XG of 2.5 against their 0.9 suggests that it was as dominant as we thought. Tim, man of the match. I mean, you can't. Let's just talk about. I think Manny had a fantastic game. I think our defense, you know, we're overall stalwart. Uh, I think that, you know, Aribo coming on as a sub had so much movement. And I think that's his right play is that when we're up and we need to be in control, he was able to boss around so many uh, Winsel and Slopus. Um, to me, that was I just, you know, had a, you know, the shot that hit the hit the cross or not the crossbar hit the post. Uh, I thought he made a huge difference. He dribble drive was great around. Even Mara made some good, uh, good, good, significant play during that time. But you cannot go wrong with Adam Armstrong and just taking them to school. Absolutely fantastic job for him. Really happy. And I mean, 11 was it? Well, 12 goals in the season now. So, damn, that's fun. Yeah, I think you have to give it uh, to Adam Armstrong, don't you? Two goals. Could have had assists as well. Could have had a hat trick. Uh, his tracking back was excellent, too, as well. He's, he's the man of the moment and leads the team on goals and assists. I think it's 12 goals, four assists now. He's just been so important in this um in this streak of ours. Um, so we're fourth in the table still because, you know, Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds, all won. Uh, 37 points now, played 19, won 11 of those, lost four, drawn four. That's five points ahead of fifth place, West Brom, um, but remain one off of Leeds. Excellent stuff. Right, next week, we turn our attention to Watford. Um, we have the luxury of seven days off, actually, because, you know, we played three in the last seven uh, but next Saturday, we travel that short distance uh, to uh, Vicarage Road. Uh, and Tim is here to give us the lowdown on the Hornets. All right. So Watford, nicknames for them. Uh, in the U.S., if you get fired, you get a pink slip. Uh, so it would be the pink 45 uh, them because they fire so many managers all the time. Um, all I have here is moose with capital M O O S E because their mascot looks like a, is a gigantic moose. As is and their then, logo. Yeah. Yes. As their logo, but they just happen to be the Hornets for some reason. So the colors. Uh, really interesting. Yes. Um, yes, obviously, but they just happen to be the Hornets. So kind of a unique and weird nickname name overall but so when they're not firing managers they're based in the far northwest suburban london in the town of watford uh right on the end of the uh, one of the two lines there their most famous fan is elton john so we're going to go a little bit elton john today as we talk about their team uh having a stand named after him it's pretty cool to have such a famous fan overall so playing at Vicarage at 3 p.m., uh, we can't sing Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me since the floodlights will be on by halftime there just because uh, closing <laughs> up in the last uh, 
it's closing up in the last uh, few times of daylight being so little. Uh, Gino Pozo's ownership model, Wadford has both his Udinese in the business group. So they've had plenty of loans and sketchy transfers between the teams. Uh, I mean, that's what friends are for, right? Uh, <laughs> last five. So they just beat Hull and Hull blew over like a candle in the wind as Wadford won 2-1. Uh, other matchups we've got, they beat Norwich 3-2. They lost to Leicester 2-0. They beat Rotherham 5-0. And they drew to Huddersfield 0-0. So kind of like us drawing to Huddersfield, who I think Darren Moore is finally picking back up. And I think they'll be able to keep him back up uh, this year. So um, I'm, so, I'm kind of rooting for Huddersfield Town. I like Darren Moore and what he did, especially against with Wednesday. But new players this year, uh, two main ones to talk about. Jamal Lewis, who's on loan from Newcastle. And Mileta Reykjavik, uh, center forward from Kalmar FF in Sweden. Crazy to think about. He's been their key player or one of their key players with seven goals in the season. So looking at that, we've got uh, Ken Sima with the, is also a midfielder slash fullback. who has been really good. Their keeper, Daniel Bachman. <laughs> and, uh, I got that. And, and most of all, uh, while it's all sad songs, while Wesley Hood played for Southampton, he's been their key player and most of all, and their best defensive player this season. So what are we looking for for our lineup? I expect their tiny dancer Ryan Fraser to start as we're light on attacking options, and with Stewart and with Stewart and Solomon out, uh, that's why they call it the Blues. Uh, <laughs> this is something that Kev would be so proud of you for, Tim. Uh, well, while we all fall in love sometimes, we have to keep our cool when it comes to our lone players, Taylor Harwood, Bellis, and Downs, as they may not be here next year. So our key player KWP, this, this is your time to shine. It's your song as we expose the left side of their lineup as they're they're weaker on the left as they are than they are on the right. Most of all, our talisman, our, our uh, number nine, Adam Armstrong, double digits. He's the one. He's our best. He's our rocket man. <laughs> so finishing up here, let's hope Southampton can say at the end of it, I'm still standing. And they don't go breaking our heart at full time. Wow. Saturday night will be all right for fighting, but the Saints will come out singing. Can you feel the love tonight? Can you do that every week, please? Elton John, there's just too many good, there's just too many good songs there. And, uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to be, it overall, really, it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, Watford are good. You know, they're really at that, you know, they're, they're in the bridging in the top of the, uh, top of that middle tier. And, they can they can play with and beat anybody. Um, even though they lost to Leicester, I still think that they could be on that um, sixth, pushing for that sixth position. Absolutely, I think playoffs will be their target, and it's not out of the rounds of possibility for them to do that. I think, yeah, they're they're, they're a very good championship side. Um, with that in mind, predictions then. Uh, Kevin's up first, and he's actually going for a one-one. Well, I understand why. Um, because it, it's a way. It could be tough, and as much as we main you know we are doing really well 11 game winning streak well not winning streak well unbeaten streak mm -hmm. uh, i don't see us you know being able to take away and, and win this game because i think the majority of our games were not being clinical enough and while i think we'll be able to egg it out and we have that good push i think a 1-1 draw is appropriate for the for this game i'm also going a draw but I am going to go for a no-score draw. Um, I yeah, I just think it's going to be one of those tough-fought games from both sides. No one's going to be out of break the deadlock. So I'm going to go for a nil-nil. Draw. Draws all round, then. Excellent. Um, and that brings us on to our Discord uh, from the Bristol City game. Two people going with one-nil Saints wins. They were Coastal Elite and me. Um, and Cardiff, 2-1 uh, was the most predicted score, uh, me and Kevin included. Uh, only three going with 2-0, and they were Kevin McGee uh, in the channels, Tom, and uh, Sir Tommy Belch. Uh, so remember, yeah, if you want to be included in this league uh, and, and get a shout-out, uh, then you need to join our Discord and post your predictions on there. Uh, Super 6, round 19 was won by James Mitchell with 14 points. Round 20 was won by Stephen Allen on 11, and round 21 is still ongoing with Sunday's fixtures still yet to be played. At the moment, the overall leader is Andrew Knight. He's got a massive lead, actually. He's on 193 points, so good luck catching him. Uh, that just leaves us with fantasy football, Tim, and I know you want to talk about this. 
Yep. Uh, so Premier League in that number podcast league. Brad La- Brad's lads is now in first place, uh, taking up and doing really well so far with 43 points on the week. Uh, congrats to him for being able to take that. Second place, Livra Lavia Lavia Loca. Uh, Chris Bonner is also up to second place. Dan Buck dropped down to third. Absolute Fabregas. We ate Pompey, uh, Tommy Rafferty dropped down to fourth and Cancelo culture, cancel culture. Uh, Jamie Thorpe is now up to fifth. So that's his first time so far up that high. Uh, con- congrats to him and hope they uh, keep on doing well. Uh, taking a look at everything else in the South, uh, Southampton FC podcast lead. Uh, I dropped down to six, which is terrible. Not a fan of that. Um, Harry Tizard still at the top. Oliver Bost and John Bailey t- uh, taking first, second, and third. And then most of all, most importantly, our Gaffer League, who happens <laughs> to be, you know, I have gone week to week and have absolutely blown everybody out. Uh, with the Bristol City, I used the power up and just absolutely destroyed everybody by 45 points against the the next top person. And then even in this, uh, with the, with the Cardiff game put, got 110, whereas, um, uh, Tim Brucker had 94. So between those two fantastic weeks, I am now sitting, uh, let's see. Um, I am sitting 35, 38 points above, uh, Tim Brucker right now. And, uh, yeah, I am very, very happy about that. It is my game to lose now. Uh, so use your power-ups if you can. They have them every third of part of the game. And expect some double game weeks coming up here uh, towards the end of it with the uh, with the, with the the postponements related to the FA Cup uh, for the Carabao Cup and, and most of all the FA Cup, especially. Uh, yeah. That'll be So take a look at that. Be, be wary of it and, and know that you could – uh, you could easily come and take back up uh, some points, uh, but there's some and there's some good power ups as well. I think uh, they're a lot of fun. Excellent. Yes, that is about it for this week. Um, another wrap. Um, we'll be back next week uh, to talk about our trip to Vicarage Road. Uh, and we are back to prepare for our trip to Coventry. Uh, and then we return home for the Blackburn game. So uh, until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. Podcast Network.